Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our first-team all-WNBA bubble squad. Jalen, who's your starting point guard? Let me just be honest. This point guard selection was very difficult, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a lot of great guard play so far in these first eight or so games for these teams. So I'm going to go with Chicago Sky's own Courtney Vandersloot, averaging 11.4 points per game and a league-high 8.9 assists per game, 45% from the floor, 41% from three. She's basically knocking down anything that goes up in the air. She's getting all of her teammates involved. Her point total is not something that stands out when you think of a first-team performer. But that 8.9 assist, can, it can be very misleading in terms of just how much she's getting her teammates involved. This is one of those things where some of the times she's almost the hockey assist for a lot of the points that are scored, which, of course, don't come up on the stat sheet. Like I said before, she's shooting, she's shooting extremely well from the floor. And, I mean, she's just playing very efficient, very, you know, inclusive basketball and that's what I like to see not the type of score you know over in Jalen's all team all bubble teams all DMV teams whatever the case is we like to get buckets over here but when we spread the sometimes we got to spread the wealth a little bit so that's what I have Courtney for who do you have as your point guard well it's ironic because I took a page out of your playbook I literally ripped it out I said you know I need a team of bucket getters and of course (laughs) My point guard is a bucket getter from the Dallas Wings, Arike Ogubuwale. She's been taking over the Dallas Wings since the departure of Skylar Diggins-Smith. I feel like if the term shooters are going to shoot as a human being, it's Arike Ogubuwale. I mean, <laughs> she is shooting the ball so much right now that I feel like she could drop 70 in a game. She's a scorer, and she's been scoring since her days at Notre Dame. But she's been crafty with some of her shots, though, as of late. I think being able to drive to the lane, drawing fouls, and um, putting up floaters in the paint as well, I think that just makes her just a crafty shooter. The thing is, though, is that Dallas is 3-5 and five right now. And Arike Agumbawale is going to need to lead this team to some crucial wins in the bubble. I mean, I guess it's a perfect way to segue into the shooting guard um, just because I also have Arike as part of my, uh, my backcourt. 20.4 points per game, second leading scorer in the league. Like you said, definitely picked up where Skylar Diggins left off um, for the Wings. Winning. I feel like that is one of the things that, you know, when it comes to individual performances, and I think I've said this about a player like Brandon Ingram off camera, is Putting up substantial statistics for your team is great, but are you a winning player? And that's the thing with Arike that we need to see next is that step forward in terms of producing wins. Three and five and eight games is not bad by any stretch. Of course, slow start, long hiatus from play. You know, the entire thing is an entire is an adjustment for everyone. But 
her statistics are not conducive to winning consistently as of right now. And that I think is the next step to her development. We're talking about a second year player here out of Notre Dame. You know, the fighting Irish are used to winning basketball games for women's college basketball. So she's coming from a winning program. And I don't think it's going to take long for her to truly adjust to the winning aspect of the WNBA is just going to come down to being able to put the team on her back. And right now, like you said, shooters going to shoot, bro. So, I mean, she's, she's doing immaculately well when it comes to putting the ball in the, in the hoop. So yeah, I have her on my team as well. Yeah. And I think watching her in Notre Dame kind of was a foreshadow to what she was going to do in the WNBA. I mean, she had two game winners, not only in the final four, but in the championship as well. She's also clutch too, because I think, she could pull out a bucket and get her team to win at any moment. I feel like this is a Dallas Wings team. Like you said, they're off to a kind of a slow start, but isn't everybody off to a slow start? I think that with Dallas, they're going to have to rely a lot on Arike Gumbawale. But it's interesting with no, with no Skyward Dickett Smith on the team. I think Arike Gumbawale is not only going to have to bear some of the scoring load, she's also going to have to lead her team although she's only a second-year player. Speaking of Skylar Dickens-Smith, she is my starting shooting guard. If you listen to the last WNBA episode we did, you kind of know where this is going. I think she's a legitimate scorer. And like I said, I ripped a page out of Jalen's playbook. Team of bucket getters is what I have right now. Skylar Dickens-Smith recently dropped 26-7-5 against the um, Dallas Wings, the team that traded her. Like I said, I also think that you know, Phoenix made a great move to pick up Skyward Dick and Smith. I think they're formid- they're a formidable team going forward, considering Diana Taurasi is playing great this year. Brittany Griner is still unstoppable. Bria Hartley is shooting the lights out. And now you have Skyward Dick and Smith, who's a viable third option. I think that she has all the fundamentals to make her a great basketball player. The thing is, I think record is another issue because Phoenix is five and three. So they're sitting in fourth right now. And this team, I said in the last episode, they should be undefeated. But um, I think Skylar Davis-Smith is going to need to put up some more buckets to get the win. Well, Ryan, I'm going to have to take that page back and the whole book back because, look, you know I love me some Skylar Davis-Smith, dude, so you know I got her on the squad. I mean, simple, 15.6 points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, almost four and a half assists per game. The most impressive thing about Skylar Davis-Smith to me personally is making this transition – to Phoenix, somehow, even behind Brittany Griner, even behind Tarasi, we're talking about a top 15 scorer in the league, in the entire league, as a third option. It's one of those things when you take a look at it, you really just wonder, how is it that their team isn't going to be in the championship picture? And like you said beforehand, I think that it's really – you know, important to factor in, you know, the winning aspect of it. We've kind of been preaching this a little bit over the last couple of conversations. It's just that when it comes to their team, having that third scoring option in Skyler on their squad, I think is going to be what makes the extreme difference for their championship aspirations. Again, you know, talking about a squad of bucket getters, that's somebody who can put the ball in the hoop. And I'm glad you brought up the game against Dallas because, yeah, definitely had vengeance game written all over it. And it was a big win. I think it was a lot to prove for itself. And I 
touched on this on the last WNBA episode, and I want to bring it up again because I feel like it's kind of important to touch on when we talk about just what Scarlett Diggins is doing and how remarkable it is. She is coming off a pregnancy, dude. Like, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Her coming off of a pregnancy, having a year away from basketball, getting herself back in shape, not just for life purposes, but in basketball shape, putting up the type of numbers that she is on a consistent nightly basis and doing so in a completely different role than the one that she was drafted for. I think all of that just shows a sign of a good player in terms of their basketball IQ, but also, come on, man, she gets buckets. So, I mean, why, why wouldn't she be on the squad for sure? I think she's definitely somebody that is transitioning well in her, in her new role in Phoenix. I think, yes, in Dallas, she was the primary option, but it's a different story in Phoenix considering that, you know, you have Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner who can get buckets on the outside and get buckets down low. So I think her transition has been pretty solid ever since coming from Dallas over to Phoenix. Starting small forward, I don't know if this is even a question at this point for me. It's Brianna Stewart. I said this in the last episode. I'm going to say it again. She's an MVP. Best player in the league. Best player on the best team in the league. She is WNBA's version of Kevin Durant. I mean, she has a killer instinct on the floor. She has a wingspan, like Jalen said in the last in the last episode. She has a wingspan to cover multiple positions on the floor. If you think about the fact that she put up two double doubles, three games of four steals, no wonder why she's third in the league in steals per game. I mean, she can just swipe the ball away and go the other way for a fast break. I mean, Jalen, this is the queen of bucket getters. <laughs> Have we not seen her at UConn? I mean, we have – I technically have a team of basketball prodigies. Arike Agumbawale, Notre Dame, she's clutch. Skylar Dickens-Smith, Notre Dame, she can shoot. And then Brianna Stewart, who is the UConn prodigy. Is there anything to say more about her except for the fact that she went to UConn, <laughs> who has been – known for decades about how good their women's basketball program is. I mean, she's at the head of it. I mean, Ryan, honestly, you know, it's hard not to have Brianna Stewart in any conversation when you're talking about the best player in the WNBA. I think that, I think that's the best approach when you're talking about any all NBA team, all WNBA team, any all-star team for the WNBA, any best player in the world conversation for the WNBA. This is a player that, you know, it's difficult to not bring her name up in the conversation. Again, coined it last, last time we had, we had this conversation about the WNBA. Brianna Stewart, WNBA's KD, bro. I mean, like you said before, I can't reiterate anything else that you've already said without being too redundant. I mean, she's a player that you just cannot take your eyes off in that, in, in the WNBA. She's a player that you would love to have on your team, no matter, you know, what WNBA team you you root for. And if you don't root for teams, that's a pretty good player to choose as one of your favorite players to watch on a night in, night out basis. Now, I have to be transparent, though. She did not make my team. 
She did not make my team. And that has to do a little bit with the fact that I have three guards on the squad, obviously, with Courtney, Arike, and Skylar Diggins. But that takes me to my forward in Aja Wilson, dude. Listen, listen to me for a second, dude. Just get, just give me a second to share some things about Aja Wilson. You've spoken very highly of Aja Wilson. So I have to, I had to do a little bit more of my research to make sure that I could back this up. 21 points per game, nine rebounds a game, the leading scorer in the WNBA, shoots almost 50% from the floor, and as part of the Las Vegas Aces, is literally the shining light for that team. The single standout in terms of who is the player to watch for the Aces it is Aja Wilson. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that Brianna Stewart, as I said before, it's hard to leave her out of any conversation in terms of the best player in the league. But as you also pointed out, the Seattle Storm are a very well put together roster as an entire team in terms of us focusing on things like their championship projection. Aja Wilson right now is dealing with a team that is definitely missing some key players and is stepping up to the plate. In terms of being the league's leading scorer, of course, you could say, oh, she gets more, you know, more possessions because she is the primary option now. But shooting almost 50% from the floor, you're the number one option and you're the most efficient player on your team. I think that speaks numbers to speaks volumes for her for her being able to put up the numbers that she is while adjusting to the learning curve of stepping up as a primary scorer for her team, which last season she was not asked to do. And to do so at this level and to do so so efficiently, I couldn't just sweep that under the rug. At first I was shocked. I was like, you don't have Breonna Stewart in your lineup. I can't believe this. (laughs) You inserted Aja Wilson into your lineup, which is kind of a good transition to Aja Wilson in my lineup too because if you saw the last WNBA episode obviously you know you pick I picked my players to watch Skylar Diggins Smith and Aja Wilson and the question about whether or not Aja Wilson could step up and fill the places of Liz Cambridge and Kelsey Plum those questions have been answered because spoiler alert she can <laughs> um the aces are second in the standings right now which we didn't even mention the last episode because I think they were like fourth. And now with Aja Wilson leading the way, I told everyone that Aces were going to be a dangerous team next season, but they are a dangerous team this season. They have won five straight, mainly because of Aja Wilson. I mean, she's averaging 22 and nine. She had two more double doubles. She now has four double doubles in the bubble. She just went 26 and 11 against the Sparks and 12 and 11 against the Fever. And she also put up 31 points against the Liberty. They're going to get into the playoffs. What are they going to do in the playoffs? So it's the real question. I think that, you know, the Aces, they're still a young team. Yes, no Kelsey Plum, no Liz Cambridge. That's definitely going to affect them going forward. But next season, that they're going to contend. This season, I don't know yet. Maybe they're just riding a hot streak. Yes, this year they're dangerous. Next year they're going to be even more dangerous. Well, I mean, I think that just brings us to 
our final player. And when I say our, I mean our, because there was literally no way to get around picking Phoenix Mercury's own Brittany Griner at the center position. I mean, we're talking about the easiest pick in our selections right here. I mean, out of all the WA, WNBA all-bubble team selection individuals that I poked and prodded at in terms of do I pick them, do I not pick them, I wrote Brittany Griner's name first because it was the easiest one to choose. We're talking about nearly 18 and a half points per game, sixth in the league, two blocks per game, leads the league, 7.9 rebounds, nearly eight rebounds per game, ninth in the league. We're talking about a player at the center position, position that is practically top 10 in every statistical category, not including maybe assist and three-point shooting. This is a player that plays under the basket for a team. We've already talked about Skylar Diggins-Smith. We've definitely praised uh, Diana Taurasi almost too much on this podcast in past episodes. We know that this team is one to fear. And who better to have at the helm of your center position for an all-bubble team than Brittany Griner? I mean, she's amazing. And we've, we've been – we've understood her level of dominance down low since Baylor. It was established back then. She broke the record for most dunks in a career for, for, um, for women's college basketball. I mean, this is a player that just – is an imposing force in the league, and it's just hard to overlook her. All the points you made are exactly the points that I'm going to make for Brittany Griner being my center on my all-WNBA bubble team. She is, without a doubt, the most dominant player in the WNBA, and I don't even think it's close. Griner has scored in the double digits in her last seven games including a double-double in her last game against the Wings, 22 points, 13 rebounds. She's contributing on an extremely talented team that's won five of their last six. And like I said in a previous episode, maybe on their way to a championship, she can get the buckets down low, block shots, and rebound the ball on both sides of the floor. She towers over the competition. She's averaging 18-8 and eight along with two blocks a game is it even a question that she deserves to be the center on an all bubble squad i mean she deserves to be a center on a first team a second team third team she deserves to be a center anywhere she goes i mean ryan i think before we come to a close i think i want you to answer a pretty critical question based on your high praise of Brittany griner to close out the podcast and that's you gave a lot of a lot of praise to Brittany, but you you also put out a lot of praise for our WNBA's KD. So based on what you've seen so far, who wins the MVP? Brittany Griner's doing amazing things. She is the most unstoppable player in, in the WNBA. I think it has to go to Brianna Stewart, though. I think that she is, like I said, WNBA's version of KD. KD is one of my favorite players in the NBA. She has so much talent. I think it's almost, it's almost remarkable to see that, you know, she is now part of the next generation of WNBA players who are going to take the league by storm. She's playing for a Seattle team that is the best team in the league, 7-1 right now. They've been in that 
spot for years. So, I mean, I think that with somebody like Brianna Stewart, I think she is, she's right. She's ready to lead this league again. I think she's definitely capable of leading the WNBA. And I think that she will definitely win another MVP. How about you? I mean, I have to go with Brianna too, but I think it's just going to come down to where people, where, where teams finish off. These are two of the, the hotter teams in the league right now. Great starts um, in their respective seven to eight games that have been played already. And I feel like it's just going to come down to where the teams finish. Does one team finishing above the other automatically put them in as a ticket for MVP? Not necessarily. I feel like both teams have good second and third options that could potentially, you know, rub the luster off a little bit. But I think that how you perform as the first option with those other secondary and tertiary options being right behind you, I think that plus winning is going to have the biggest influence on who ends up being our WNBA MVP this year. So let's turn that into our question of our day for our fans. Who do you believe would win the MVP this season? Brittany Griner or Brianna Stewart? This has been a great episode today. Of course, when, make sure when you rate our podcast, give it five stars. Of course, subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.